My name is Leah Cass. Um, I'm an author known as Ellen Chained on Instagram, and I'm also the owner of Soul Revitalization Healing. Can you first tell me about your own mental health journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my mother was diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was very, very young. So in my early childhood, there was a lot of instability, I guess, in the home, so to speak, um, because of her mental health issues. And my dad worked for the Secret Service at the time, so he was kind of away a lot. Um, and her illness was really, really severe, so she was unable to care for us. So she ended up not being our caretaker pretty early in life. Um, my dad ended up getting remarried and later on I had more of an, a kind of an abusive stepmother. I don't want to be that stereotype, but that's kind of what happened. Um, which kind of left me with some issues like complex PTSD, but I don't think I realized it at the time because I was very much the trauma response of trying to achieve and go and go and go. So I ended up leaving my house at age 17. I got my own apartment. I put myself through college um, at the time I was just not in contact with my, I had to go no contact with my family, um, for my own mental health. Um, and I just went and went and went, I put myself through college. I, at the age of 17, I ended up having to go to a community college in the beginning because I was homeschooled and my stepmother didn't finish the education. So I kind of had to do all of that on my own. I got my GED and then I went to community college and then I went to um, a four-year college and got my degree in psychology because I wanted to help other people since I had problems. Right. Um, so I was busy, busy, busy though. I was working like three jobs. I was going to school full-time and all of this stuff. And then when I finally graduated from college and I just had one job, that's when I finally fell apart. I was holding it together. So many people would say things like, I can't believe that any of this happened to you. Or like, I can't even believe you were homeschooled. You seem so normal, all of these things. And then all of a sudden I didn't have anything to distract myself with anymore. And I ended up going into a very, very deep depression, which I now understand is complex PTSD. I realize that's not a diagnosis in the DSM, but it's something that I resonate with a lot. Um, I ended up going through some heartbreak and some other experiences in my life that put me into this really deep depression. But in my heart, I knew that it wasn't really fair that just because I had a childhood that wasn't great, that I was going to spend the rest of my life feeling like that. And I started doing a lot of research, especially because of my education, realizing that people with a lot of traumatic instances in their childhood are much more likely to have heart disease. They're more likely to get diabetes. They're more likely to smoke. They're more likely to die early because our mental health impacts our physical health so strongly. So I was looking at all of that. And I'm like, I can't let this happen. And it started giving this really holistic view towards mental health and health. Um, so I went on this journey of healing for myself. I went to therapists. I went to psychiatrists. I went to spiritual healers. Part of it was a spiritual journey for me. Part of it wasn't. It was probably a combination of all of those things, along with writing, that allowed me to finally get to a place where I was no longer so severely depressed and so emotionally volatile. And I'm happy to say that it's been years now since I would say that I was in an active depressive episode. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my journey. But since I had to go through that because it was so hard and because I struggled so much, it became my mission because of some of the things that happened to me while I was trying to get care to help other people get care because it shouldn't be this hard.
It shouldn't be so hard for somebody who's struggling to even stay alive to have to call 25 different offices to try to find a practitioner who's able to help them. Um, and I had several experiences like that when I was on my journey and even invalidating experiences. Um, you know, there's good practitioners and bad practitioners. And now it's kind of made me really motivated with this mission to make it easier for everybody who comes after me. How has helping other people help your own healing process? Well, for one, it builds community. And I think the community is really vital to um, mental health and, and well-being in general. Um, we all crave human connection. And ironically, we all try to hide our pain, right? But at the same time, it's probably our pain that makes us the most connected. It's the most integral part of being human sometimes. There's joy too. It's, it's, a, it's kind of like the light and dark. Um, so helping other people has helped me in a lot of ways because I'm connecting with them and I think that having these experiences is helping people feel a lot less alone um, whenever they're going through them. And I'm not actively working in the field right now, um, but I'm working through my writing to kind of help tell the stories that need to be told so that people don't feel alone and so that people have hope that there can be healing, whether or not it's full healing or not, there can be more than what we have right now. Before uh, I start recording, you talked about your dad, who uh, is a firefighter. What are some of the things you've learned from him? So my dad, um, unfortunately, passed away from COVID two years ago. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier that I was I was distant from my family um, for a while. But one of the things that I am not proud of, is it the right word, but grateful for is that my entire family ended up going through healing. So even though I went through no, no contact with my dad, actually on a couple of different occasions, um, he ended up going to therapy at several different points. And although he never actually apologized, there was changed behavior, which is all the apology that I need personally. And we were able to move forward and heal from that. But as I became older, and as I became an adult, and as I started looking at my childhood and the things that my dad went through, a single father working for the Secret Service with four kids under the age of five, um, including twin infants. Um, I can see how he might have been a little bit more emotionally reactive than I would have wanted. I didn't understand that as a child, but as a parent now, I understand how people can, your children can just be being loud and you might have had the worst day ever at whatever was going on at your work. And he had worked at a really stressful job where sometimes he saw some really terrible things. Um, in the FBI, he worked in the SWAT team. He was in hazmat. He did the bomb squad. He did a lot of really high risk type things along with security. And he was always there with people who were having their worst moments. And he could hold us together for those things. It's just like the little things whenever he came home, the laundry being on the floor, that's what would make him lose it, right? Um, and as I mentioned, he was a 9-11 first responder, but that was actually whenever he worked through the, for the FBI. Um, so he went there. And um, I'm starting to see now that I'm older and putting together the story, how much the things that he saw in his career really affected all of our lives. Because so many things happen to firefighters, first responders of any kind, even helping professionals, where they have secondary trauma that they, have, that they see every single day. And there's really not a lot of support for that in this society. There's also a lot of those professions or kind of voice clubs where it's not socially acceptable to talk about your feelings. It's all about burying it and pretending it didn't happen and being tough. And my dad got COVID in 2021 and he actually died 
a year, a day before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It was September 10th, 2021. And he never talked about any of this stuff with us. But one of the things the nurses told me was that he was telling them about what he saw that day at Somerset. He was at the Somerset site, not the World Trade Center. Um, and all of the things that he saw in his career and the kidnappings and the dead bodies. And afterwards, he was a volunteer firefighter. He did a lot of things. Um, so he was the fire chief. So he also saw people's houses burned down and he pulled people out of car accidents. And there's just a lot of death. And I really think that was part of what weakened him in a sense physically because he experienced all of those things. But that being said, what I learned is that that's true service. Being with somebody at their lowest moments without expectation of reward, that is true service. It's the ones who are there with people whenever the moments that nobody wants to think about, you know? Um, and it makes me realize that that's a legacy that I really want to live up to. I want to be of service, but I also want to provide the kind of environment so that we don't have to kill ourselves to be in service either. What is it like to be an entrepreneur? Challenging. <laughs> I'm still kind of at the beginning of my journey because I went through a lot. I was working, this is a lot of stuff I was working on before the, the pandemic and the lockdown. Then I kind of went through like a grieving process with my dad. Um, and I'm just starting to get it all back again. And I've started publishing some of the books that I have. Um, and I'm starting to get my business kind of running again. And I'm finding this, this place, this sweet spot where I can combine both the writing and the healing side of things. So I'm still in the process of making that happen, but I'm really excited about what's to come. Um, and I'm really excited because I think that if we have a dream and get enough people behind it, then anything can happen. What would you say to anyone going through a tough time right now? That healing is possible and that right now the present is not a snapshot of your future. That's something I think I really struggled with when I was going through it. Because whenever I was so, I guess a suicidal is the right word, but like not even just that, but just like depressed or down or what have you, it felt like this was my whole entire life. It felt like that it wasn't that I was experiencing these feelings. I felt like I was those feelings. It almost became my identity of just sadness and pain and grief. And I have gone on and I'm glad that I was able to keep going because now my life is filled with joy and happiness. But if I wouldn't have been able to see that a few years ago. So I guess if you're going through it right now, just know that this might be temporary and there is help out there for you. What are some of the things that uh, motivate you? I really just want to make the world a better place. I don't know. I'm really motivated by a lot of the injustice that I've seen in, in life. And there's so much that happens in the mental health community. I've seen it as a side from the side of being a patient to being a therapist. So whenever I see injustice, whenever I see a problem, I guess, because I don't want to blame it on anybody. This isn't about blame. Right. This isn't, it's a systemic issue that we have. So I see this problem of not being able to have good access to mental health care, even if you have insurance, even if you have the best resources of anybody out there. So what I what, what really motivates me is just seeing this problem and realizing that we can solve it. I genuinely believe we can solve it together. Maybe I can't do it by myself. And maybe I don't know enough to know the whole solution. But if we get enough people together who see the problem, and if we educate people on the problem, I believe that our hive mind, so to speak, has the solutions. And if we work together, we can make a difference and we can create a better system and a better world for all of us to live in. 
Have you seen in the past few years, people are more open to talk about their feelings? I think so. I really do. Um, I think 2020 hit a lot of us very hard. The isolation, um, the fear, um, whether, whether or not you agree with the policies that were put in place, we were all in a place where we had no idea what was happening next. We were disconnected from our loved ones. Um, and I think that forced everybody to kind of look inward. I think a lot of people are on an inner journey because of that. Some were before, some came after. Um, but when all that noise, kind of like what I talked about before, I stayed busy and busy and busy and busy. That's what kept me from having to deal with any of my stuff. As soon as I stopped, as soon as I was stable, I had the ability to kind of lose it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's kind of the same with a lot of people who were going through stuff that they were ignoring whenever lockdown happened. I think a lot of people no longer have the distractions. They no longer have the noise to filter it out. So all they had left was the things that they've been running from. This doesn't apply to everybody, of course, but a lot of people. Um, so I think that the plus side of that, even though that's challenging for a lot of people, is that we've started a dialogue, in my opinion, where people are more willing to be vulnerable. People are more willing to tell their stories. And the more that one person opens up, the more the next person feels safe to open up and tell their story. And then we can start to get a better idea of the people who haven't been able to traditionally speak their voice or speak their mind or share what's really going on with them. So I really think that it's we're in a, an amazing place as far as where at least our culture is right now to make those kinds of changes because I think the awareness is there and people are vulnerable and people are opening up and people are open to listening about what other people's experiences were. Where do you want to see your mission say in the next uh, three to five years? So one of my dreams is to open a really holistic mental health center with um, traditional and Eastern approaches, like kind of all integrated. Like I still, still believe in Western medicine. I wouldn't be alive without it. Um, but I also feel the combination of meditation, mindfulness, all of these other things that I brought into my treatment really are what helped me truly stabilize. So I would love to have something where you don't have to call 800 different places to try to find a solution, a place where you can almost build community with the people around you who are going through the same thing um, as well. So that's one of the things that I'd really like to do. Find that is not what I do not have the resources to do yet, but I'm, that's something that I'm really working on um, accomplishing. Maybe that might be more of a 10 year goal. Another thing that I'm working on right now is a screenplay for my father's story and our family story and the healing that we were able to have as a family. Um, and also kind of his story of being a first responder and all of the different things that he did to be of service. And I just think it's a really important story to be told that one, healing can happen. I think it's really important to shed light on the struggles that a lot of people go through. And first responders' families also suffer a lot as well because of what they go through. Um, so that's something that I'm working on too. Um, I'm working on a show Bible and a screenplay for that. Um, and I'm going to continue writing. I have several books in the works as well to talk about my experiences. The ones I've published so far are my poetry books, which is more emotional release, I guess, so to speak, than anything else. Um, but I also want to find a container to create community for like-minded people who are also struggling and also creative to kind of come together and have that kind of support and community to keep creating, because I believe that creativity is what we're going to, it's going to take us to a better world. How does writing help your mental health? Oh my gosh. Writing, I think is alch alchemy for me um, because it helps me when I'm in the feeling, in the moment, just get it out and express it and turn it into something beautiful. So I don't really like to 
glamorize pain, so to speak. So I don't mean it in that kind of way or romanticize it. But at the same time, during the time that I've been in pain, the ability to be able to just put it down on paper and get it out of my system has helped me release so much. Even outside of traditional creative writing, if I do streaming consciousness kind of journaling, that's helped me a lot um, to release thoughts and feelings that I have that I had a really hard time going through and also helps me kind of answer my own questions. Um, But on the flip side, the other thing that I think is really healing about it is when you start to open up and reveal your true self and be vulnerable enough to tell people how you're really feeling, you start finding the people who feel the same. So, so many of us feel alone in our pain. So many of us feel like there's nobody else who could possibly understand. But for me, writing and putting it out there has allowed me to find so many other people who've been through similar experiences. And it's kind of given us a sense of community and connection. And I think that's a huge part of our collective healing. How can people reach out to you? Um, so you can find me on all social media as Ellen Chained. I have Facebook page, Instagram, Threads is where I'm most active right now. Um, I'm still working on my website, but that should be up soon. It will be ellenchain.com. In the meantime, find me on social media so you know whenever um, everything launches. I'm really excited. <laughs>